of all the things that a leader must do, one of the most important things that a leader must do is communicate. In fact, of all the things that a leader will do, communication, I believe, is right at the top. You can't influence people if you can't communicate well. And well, you can't communicate well, and all good leaders know this, you can't communicate well if you can't connect with the people and you can't connect with the people that you're communicating with unless you know how to read people. Now, reading people is both an art form and a skill set. Some of it's personality, some of it's training, some of it is perception, which is part art form and part training and part purely natural. But if you want to be an effective leader, if you want to be an effective communicator, you've got to learn to read people. And obviously, the first part of reading people is the keys of observation. The second is listening. And I think those two things balanced together are where most leaders fail in their leadership. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you time after time after time as I've worked with coaching clients, what I find is that they have this desire to lead in a way where all of the communication is hinged around what they intend to affect as the change or the direction that they want the people, the group, the organization to go. Unfortunately, there's a whole lot of leadership that results in looking like, I don't know, a dictator or a tyrant or, or a, just a, a slave driver, for lack of a better term, when trying to lead by simply communicating to people, well, the way that you want to. Communicating what you want to, the way you want to, when you want to, in a way that's only important to you, that, that's not effective communication. And it makes the leadership look like you're just driving the horse in one direction. For communication to be effective, you've got to figure out what it is that motivates the people that you're communicating with. Now we've all heard about leadership motivation. We've all heard about how you get your people to do what you want to do. Of course, there's incentives. You can pay them more or you can reward them differently. When I was in sales, it was un not uncommon at all to see that we would be incentivized for a particular new product or a particular new process. Uh, something that was just rolled out and the, and the product team that would roll that out would say, hey, we'll give you a little bonus if you sell two of these. What they often failed to recognize that was by getting that little bonus selling two of these, we could actually make more money than if we sold the core product that we were supposed to be selling in the first place. That we could actually sell the ancillary items and make more money as sales reps than selling the product that kept the business in business. And so that incentivizing is an effective way to lead. It's an effective way to get people to do what you want them to because you've figured out what their motivation is, and for most sales reps, it's money. That's why people go into sales jobs to begin with, because they like money. Well, it's not hard to incentivize a sales rep then with money. What about the people who are not in sales? How do you incentivize them? Well, time off, or bonuses, or extra forms of money, or vacations, or special trips, incentive trips. Almost every company that has a sales function or a marketing function has an incentive trip. That's how you motivate people. But here's a question very few of them take the time to ask, and that is, what is your motivation? What causes you to do what you do? What would cause you to do what you already do even better than you do it right now? If I could answer that question, then I could custom design 
everything that I want you to accomplish to have just the right carrot on a stick, just the right bells and whistles, just the right pull the lever, get the action, pull the lever, get the reaction that I want out of your behavior. That would be an effective way to lead, right? But part of that requires surveying all of your team and then asking yourself, can I afford to motivate if I've got 12 different people and they all have 12 different motivations? How in the world am I going to do that? What we do find on a regular basis is that humans have this unbelievable craving to be appreciated. Now, if you've ever studied anything about human relationships, you may have heard of the book, The Five Love Languages. In The Five Love Languages, it breaks down the fact that people receive love or they feel love or they perceive that they are loved, appreciated, differently based on their own personality, regardless of the person who's giving them the love. And so the irony is the person receiving love may receive love through touch. They may receive love through gifts. They may receive love through words of encouragement. They may receive love through seeing you do something for them, serving them. And each one of those different ways that they feel like they are loved and appreciated is a different format that you as a leader have to learn to communicate with them. Leaders who don't bother to take that time, but they speak to everyone exactly the same, well, they fall in that category of if, if everything that you see looks like a nail, it might be because the only tool you have is a hammer. If everybody in your organization receives appreciation from you exactly the same way, it might be because that's the only tool you have. It's the only way you figured out how to motivate or incentivize people, either by threat or by bribe. If that's all you've got, then everything looks the same. Good leaders learn to communicate with people where the people are. What are their idiosyncrasies? What are the things that they appreciate in life? What's important to them? I remember one particular uh, time in our organization when I worked in big corporate America that we all received a little bonus because our, uh, our sales group, the, I think it was the district or maybe the division, uh, had done incredible on the numbers on one particular product set. And so we all received this bonus and they told us, come to the training room and get your bonus. And when we got to the bonus, what we got was a little picture, a three by five photograph and a cute little frame of a bridge. A photograph of a bridge. Now, some people I know kept that photo on their desk until the time they left the organization years later. Some people gave their photo to somebody immediately. And not just, it wasn't just that they didn't think, oh, this is the coolest thing ever, I wanna put it on my desk. They actually felt slighted because they'd been told you're getting a bonus, you're getting a gift, you're getting something spectacular for the hard work that you put in to get us over this bridge. But what they got didn't seem to them like a bonus or a reward. But see, that's about the leader knowing how to communicate with each person on their own level. Some people, you could give them a $5 Starbucks card and they're elated with that. Others, you could give them a $200 Starbucks card and they're gonna give it away because it's not the value, it's they don't like that coffee. That's a big deal. Others, you'd say, hey, we're going to Home Depot for the day. You know, we're not giving you any money, we're just giving you the time off and we're gonna drive you to Home Depot. And they're ecstatic. And others would be like, Home Depot, who wants to go there? See, the, the idea of understanding as a communicator what the people you're talking to, what the people you're communicating with value, what they find important, 
the way that they listen, the things that motivate them internally. That's what a good communicator's got to figure out. And in order to be a good leader, you've got to be a good communicator, so you've got to figure that out. Now, part of that is the survey that you might do in the workplace. What kind of things would you want to do? Would you rather have a fishing trip or a, a bow hunting trip or just have the cash, right? That's a pretty easy survey to take, and you're probably going to get some drastically different answers. I did read a story of a guy one time who decided it would be awesome as a bonus for his company. It was a big surprise. He spent several, probably close to $100,000 buying cruise tickets for everybody in the company and their spouses and children. And about a third of the people said, I'd rather just have a check because my kids are too young to travel, or I'd rather just have a check because my spouse is afraid of the water, or I'd rather just have a check because I don't do well in confined spaces. Well, he might should have asked that question before he spent almost $100,000 of the company's money to treat people in a way that to him was a spectacular gift and to them it meant nothing. We seem to have the same challenge when it comes to just verbal communication, whether it's speaking from the stage or speaking on a Zoom call or speaking in a meeting, a, a training session or a corporate board meeting. If we're not sure how people receive what we have to say, we don't know if we've motivated them or irritated them. If we don't take the time to figure that out by asking questions first, by observing and taking in some of the things that might be clues and indicators like what about their background? Are, are they wearing a wedding ring or not wearing a wedding ring? Do they, do they dress a certain way or speak a certain way? Or are there things that phrases that they use on a regular basis that those phrases tell you a lot about them? If you take the time as a leader to survey those things, even if it's just through a few moments of observation, the odds are you're going to communicate differently with each individual or at least with each cluster of individuals in your organization and the relationship you have with them will be stronger and the influence will be stronger because they feel like you're being more personal in your relationship with them than you are if you're just saying the same thing to everybody, doing the same thing for everybody, offering the same incentive to everybody because not everybody is incentivized the same way. Look, my challenge to you is this. If you're a leader and you know, which you should, that communication is the number one priority for good leadership, then you need to also acknowledge and act like you believe that reading people is the number one key to good communication. Take the time to learn body language. Take the time to learn their voice inflections. Take the time to learn the way they communicate based on their culture, their history, and their family. And then communicate the way they communicate. Not only will they feel more appreciated, they will feel like you've taken a specific interest in them. That will make your communication more effective and your leadership more effective. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.